Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of today's survival show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. This is episode 212, I believe. Sorry it's been a while. Most of you know I'm going through a very difficult family situation with my wife uh, who has been diagnosed with a terminal disease. So it is a challenge. It's definitely putting my preps to the test. And this is kind of what I wanted to talk about in this episode. And again, just want to let you know it may not be every every Friday like I normally was doing there for a while. Um, because I'm, I'm sure you can understand that. But I want to talk about some of the things that I've been doing lately to kind of give you an idea of prepping. Especially if you're kind of new. I want to speak to kind of some of the new preppers. Because a lot of people, I get a lot of emails from those of you, from some of you that say, I am new to prepping. Somehow you found my show. I'm not quite sure how you found it, but that's good. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for listening. And you say, hey, I am new to survival and prepping. And some of you say, you know, you've listened to other survival shows, but mine's a little bit more common sense and a little bit more tame than some of the others. And that's good, too, because I try to keep this rooted in common sense. I'm just an everyday guy. So, I want to cover this and talk about what it is that you might want to start thinking about if you're just getting new, or just new to prepping. First of all, make yourself a list. One of the things that I did that helped me out was make myself a list. Just a basic list of areas that I wanted to work on first in my life to get better prepared. One of them was financially, and we did that. It sure is a good thing that we prepared financially because it's probably going to take all of our financial resources that we have for my wife's care. But, you know, that's what you build emergency funds for. So if you don't have an emergency fund, first of all, you know, I've talked about that, but man, get an emergency fund. I don't care if you got to sell some stuff. You know, get a 1000 or two or $2,000 in an emergency fund. You know, Dave Ramsey is a big proponent of that. That's where I got it from. I took Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University course several years ago. And he's a big proponent of, I think he says, have $1,000 in your emergency fund. I would up that to 2000 If you got to hold a garage sale, if you got to sell some stuff, if you have to sell an unused firearm that you haven't used in a long time, if you got some supplies that you're not using... Uh, I've got a friend of mine that's got a bunch of woodworking equipment. He's not woodworking anymore. And I know that woodworking equipment is a good survival prep, but he needs money for an, for an emergency fund. So he thinks he can get eleven dollars or $1,200 for his woodworking equipment. Sell that. If you've got stuff like that that you're not using, I think it's more of a priority right now to get an emergency fund built up than it is to have woodworking equipment. So follow my buddy's example. Do stuff like that. On your list, you definitely want to have food, water, and shelter. So you get food, water, shelter, money. And money can include gold and silver, stuff like that. You know, to hedge against inflation or hyperinflation, which I really think is going to come. It's not a matter of if that's going to come. It's a matter of when that's going to come. We're going to have hyperinflation in the United States. That's a whole separate subject, though, and this podcast is not about that. I may do a show on that coming up shortly. On your list, have you also thought about your vehicle preps? Now, I've had the guys from Bug Out Truck interview with me on this show, and they talked about how they 
prepare people's vehicles for survival at a cost, of course, but think about your vehicle. Even if you do something simple. You know, folks, I drive an old car. I got a 2002 Honda Accord with 128,000 miles on it right now. And I'm talking to you from that vehicle right now. Now, is this the ultimate bug out vehicle? Heck no. But it's a good 30, 30 miles per gallon car that as long as the roads are passable, I've got this set up where I can survive three to five days with just what I got in my vehicle. No problem. Even if I have to sleep in my vehicle, I can make it. Three to five days is going to buy me time, hopefully, to get to places where I can get help. I got a pretty strong network of family and friends throughout the country. Some of you listen to this podcast. Thank you. And by the way, thank you for all the great support that you have been emailing me. I read every single one of them. They all pick me up. A lot of you have been sending me information about my wife's medical condition that I've announced in previous episodes. And a lot of you have been uh, just trying to pick me up and encourage me. Thank you. That means a lot. And I consider you my friends. I consider you my, my internet friends that I've never met. But, you know, hey, we we have a conversation once a week, don't we? Or once every couple weeks about survival and prepping. But don't forget about your vehicle. How are you going to set your vehicle up? I'm traveling around right now with a 72-hour emergency kit in my trunk. In fact, I just rotated the food in my emergency kit. I let some beef jerky kind of go bad. It wasn't in a properly sealed container and it wasn't all that good. I let it go bad. But guess what? I threw it away and I replaced it with fresh. I set a reminder on my iPhone once a month to rotate the food in my vehicle emergency kit. I keep stuff in there that's going to be okay temperature wise. Okay? Beef jerky that's sealed properly shouldn't go bad in 30 days as long as it's sealed properly. Canned food should not really go bad in 30 days. Water definitely doesn't. So I keep that stuff. I keep enough stuff to keep alive for three to five days in my vehicle. See, again, your goal is just to stay alive. Your your goal is not to eat gourmet meals or anything like that. Just stay alive. And within three to five days, I can probably get to somebody who's going to be able to help me out. That is, if I have to get in my vehicle. My preferred method of survival is staying at home. We just added a bunch to our food storage. Just added a bunch to my water storage. I found a real good deal at the grocery store on five-gallon water bottles. They're plastic, but I can use those. I filled them up with tap water, added slightly less than a tablespoon of chlorine. Now, some people say you don't need to do that. Some people say that the tap water has enough chlorine in it, and that'll preserve it. Unfortunately, they're probably right. But I added a little bit of bleach, just like uh, less than less than one tablespoon of bleach for five gallons of water. Okay, safe to drink if I have to drink it. So I instantly stored an extra ten gallons doing that. The water bottles were like four bucks each. Ideally, it's better to store them in glass bottles. Ideally, it's better to store them in 55-gallon drums. And like White Bear said, you know, put copper. Put copper on the bottom of the 55-gallon drum before you put your water in it to store it. 
Okay, the copper helps to uh, get rid of some of the bacteria and keep it um, usable. So, things like that. That's ideal. But, you know, I live in a suburban home. I don't live out on a big homestead. I don't have a whole bunch of land. Uh, I'm not set up right now for catching rainwater, although I need to get set up for catching rainwater. So, right now, I have a spare bedroom that my son also uses as kind of a game room. And my son and I split that spare bedroom. I use half of it for storage, water storage, and food storage. And so my food and my water is stored at room temperature. And it's stored primarily in the dark. You know, a little bit of light gets in in the daytime. But that's my food and water storage. Half that room and half of it, he plays his games in it. So are you doing that kind of stuff? Put that on your list. Make yourself a list of what you're going to store in your House. What kind of supplies are you going to have? Now, I think basic supplies, you should have a couple of really good knives. I've been able to work out some bartering arrangements. Uh, Eric Fritz, fritzknives.com. Now, I've given Eric a lot of good advertising on this podcast. I'll do it again right now. Fritzknives.com. Uh, Eric Fritz is, I think he's a journeyman bladesmith. But he's pretty close to being a master bladesmith. And his knives are wonderful. Um, so check out Fritz, F-R-I-T-Z, knives.com. Uh, Eric's made me a nice custom survival knife. And uh, he's also made me a couple of nice, cool, uh, everyday carry utility knives. Uh, and uh, he's, he's interviewed on this show. If you remember, I did recently back in January or February, I did an interview with Shane Taylor, Eric Fritz, a couple of other folks that were at the, uh, the knife and, and blade show of the American Bladesmith Society, their show here in San Antonio. Well worth it. You should have a good quality knife. I've also got a K-Bar knife that is a real good quality, one of those thick ones with a real thick blade. So if I need to have a knife that's got that kind of strength, I've got one of those too. I keep that in my bug out bag. I keep that in my emergency pack, my internal frame backpack that I use. Again, more supplies that I can carry on my back to keep me alive three to five days. That stays in the house and that's my grab and go bag. So put that on your list. Do you have a grab and go I think you should have one in your vehicle for when you're traveling around and a grab-and-go bag in your house. Now, why why two emergency bags? Well, first of all, if you're like me and you put on two to 3,000 miles a month driving around, sometimes I'm gone for two or three days. So I've got to have an emergency survival kit in my trunk. But I've also got to have a grab-and-go bag that stays at home. Because, see, my bug-out bag is not just a bug-out bag. It's not just an emergency kit that I'm going to throw on my back and go if I have to. But it's also kind of a a collection spot for necessary survival tools. If I need a good knife, where do I go? I go to my bug-out bag. If I need a good flashlight, i got a couple of them in there. If I need spare batteries, they're in my bug-out bag. Okay. If I need light sticks, they're in my bug out bag. If I need some tools, I got basic tools in my bug out bag. Of course, I got basic tools all over my house. But I think you get the point. Keep in keep your survival tools and your survival pl- uh, supplies 
in your bug out bag. If I happen to run out of ammunition, well, I got a couple of extra boxes in my bug out bag. It's it's a place where you always know where stuff is. And that right there is a huge benefit. You always know where it is. You don't have to try to find it. So it saves you time. I'm a big believer in that. Keeping things in a centrally located spot. Well, your bug out bag is a good one. Then the other convenience, the other nice thing is, well, guess what? It's there. It's there in case you got to grab it and go for some reason. So your list should contain a bug out bag. It should contain a vehicle kit, food and water, Supplies, money, in other words, money, preparations. You know, do you have cash on hand? Do you have cash on hand? When David Mallon from California interviewed with me recently and talked about his experience going through a California earthquake, you heard him talk about how important it was to have cash on hand. A lot of people speculate that there could come a day where some kind of a regional weather disaster or even some kind of a partial collapse as Glenn Tate writes about in his books 299 Days it might be more convenient to have cash than it would be to use a debit card or credit card have plenty of cash on hand I know what some of you are thinking well Bob guess what the American dollar is becoming more and more worthless yeah it is I get that but sometimes it might be all you have Maybe credit card machines are down. Maybe bank electronic processing centers are down. Even if they're down for a couple days. What if you need to buy something? Cash on hand. Maybe merchants might... There might be a time where merchants will only take cash. Or what if you have to pay a private person to do something for you? See, I've always been a big proponent of this. What if you got to work out a barter deal and some of it includes money and you're paying somebody to provide you with a service? You know, it's a survival situation. The stink has hit the fan and you got to pay somebody. That might that might come up for me pretty soon with my wife's health care. I may have to pay somebody privately. Well, they may not take credit cards or debit cards. Do you have cash on hand? Stored in a safe at home. Plenty of cash. I'm not going to tell you how much cash I have on hand, but I got cash on hand in case I got to pay somebody in cash. Very important. I've got it in my vehicle, too. Not much, but keep cash in your vehicle. If you have a safe in your vehicle, keep it in there. Some people carry guns in their vehicles, and they keep it in their safe in their vehicle, and then they put cash in there as well. So have that on your list, on your survival list. So just start making a list. If you're new to this, I'm not going to say that you're going to start doing this all at once, because that can get overwhelming. Some people go, oh, my God, how do I you know, start prepping in all these areas all at once. I don't even have the money. Pick just one. Pick just one and get the basics going. And then once you get the basics going with one item on your list, then go to the next one. Baby steps. Do it slow. You know, how about your home? Is your home secured? Put home security on your list. I've talked about that before. I used to work in the home security business. I used to work for a manufacturer that made home alarm systems. You know, do you have a home alarm? I'm a strong believer in them. I believe that your home alarm is one area of protection. Not your only. Don't don't rely on that as your sole means of home protection. Uh, I think you're selling yourself way too short. I think you're, 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 it's dangerous to rely only on a home alarm. But it's one area. I do believe in having it monitored, but even if it's not monitored, if it's just a noisemaker, 
That's good. That's an early warning system. Consider it that way. It's an early warning system to let you know that somebody's on your property. If you can afford cameras and things like that, add that to your home security list. Even if all you have is a basic home alarm, even if it's just a basic ADT home alarm, at least it's something to tell you if somebody kicked in your door. That's your warning sign so you can get your gun and shoot them if you have to. Think about that. That's your early warning sign, even if it's a noisemaker. Some of you have dogs that provide warning signs for home security. That's good, too. Don't rely on any one of these, however. I've had people say, I've got two big, mean dogs. That's all I need. No, I'm sorry. I beg to differ. It's not all you need. Two big, mean dogs. They might warn you, but you better have more than that after they warn you. You better have a means of protecting yourself. Don't think that your two big, mean dogs are going to automatically eat and dismantle three determined, hardened bad guys coming into your house. I don't think so. Especially if they're armed. They'll shoot your dogs real quick and have their way with you or a loved one of your family. I hate to be brutal and I hate to talk about bad stuff like that, but it happens every day. Not just in the United States. It happens every day in, Amer- in, the, uh, in the world. And by the way, violent crime is going down in the United States. Don't believe the BS that you hear on the media. Violent crime since 1960 has been going down. A very credible credible report. I think it's the American Bureau of Statistics or something like that. I'll try to find that and put a link in the show notes. A very credible report has just reported that violent crime has been going down. So when you hear all these gun control morons talk about how we need to do something because gun control because violent crime is on the rise, they're lying to you. That's not the truth. Be careful who you believe and what kind of agenda that they may have. So, are you armed? I I believe if you're going to have a comprehensive survival list, that you're going to have to be armed. And you're going to have to have a way of protecting yourself. Now, a lot of people put way too much stock in that. A lot of people have, you know, three three AR-15s, 10,000 rounds of ammo... 12 pistols, and they go, oh, okay, I'm defended. Four shotguns, three twenty-twos. You know, they got this small armory. And they think, all right, that's it. That's all I need for survival. I'm good. Well, I beg to differ. You can't eat your guns. You can't eat your ammo when you're starving or when you need water. You might not always be able to bargain your guns or your ammunition. You might not be able to barter, I meant to say. Guns and ammo. Food and water is a lot more important than guns and ammunition. Guns and ammunition are necessary, but they're not the only thing that you need. And for those of you who think, well, if I have enough guns and ammo, I can take by force what I need. No. I do not propose, I do not, uh, propose violence on this show. I don't think that's a very good idea if the stink hits the fan. Because if you start becoming violent and taking things by force, you're eventually going to get met with other violence. And then you're going to have a whole other problem on your hand. Your job is to survive, not to get in fights. So, don't just rely on a plan to take things by force. I've actually read that stuff on forums. Drives me nuts. Do you have an alternative source of income on your survival list? I think that's important. Have an alternative source of income. 
Um, I do. It's building slowly, but I generate a little bit of money from this podcast and from the other show that I do called the Handgun World Podcast, where, where I do talk about guns over there. A lot of you who listen to this, today's survival show, a lot of you go to my Amazon store. And you buy stuff off of Amazon. Thank you very much. If you're going to buy something from Amazon and you do it through my store, I earn a small fee. It's not as much as you might think, but it helps out. Some of you invest in my Survival Champions Club, which is a collection of interviews from experts in the survival area that have really cool subjects that they've talked about. And you can purchase those if you go to todayssurvival.com and click the Survival Champions Club Link. You can read about it. And there's a way over in the margin you can sign up and get it. And I'll email you the download links for those podcasts. So it generates a little bit of revenue for me. Not a full-time living by any means. And I really don't intend it to be, but it's an excellent secondary source of income. So thank you very much for your support, folks. Especially those of you who go to my Amazon store. Bookmark it. Go to my Amazon link at todayssurvival.com. You'll find it. And bookmark it. And every time you want to go to Amazon, just use that link. And it'll help me out. But I think it's very important to have a secondary source of income. Something you can fall back on. Especially with today's economy and today's rotten job market. So think about that. That's um, A lot of people overlook that as a survival prep. But... I want to urge you not to overlook that. Put networking on your survival list. I've done some podcasts on this. Build your sphere of influence, your network, the people that you can go to for help, that you trust. Part of the Survival Champions Club podcast that I sell, one of them includes Glenn Tate, the author of the awesome book series, 299 Days. He did a great exclusive interview with me on building a prepper team. And I put half of that interview out in public on this free podcast. The other half is on my Survival Champions Club. You can buy that individually for 25 bucks. But he talks about exactly how to build a prepper team, who to look for, how to build trust, how to get them to rally and, uh, and help you. Up in uh, Northeast Texas, I got a couple of listeners up there, Mexican Joe and Dave. Here's a shout-out to those guys. I'm trying to put together an interview with them pretty soon. Because of my family situation, I had to postpone it. But I'm going to get them on here to talk a little bit about the survival network that they've built up there in Northeast Texas. Pretty cool. They hold regular meetings. They hold regular uh, prepper meetings. This is where you start to build your sphere of influence and the people that you know and trust. You can't do it alone. You can't go it alone. It's not very advisable. If the stink hits the fan, it's not very advisable to go it alone. Yes, I believe in personal responsibility. Yes, I think it's awesome. But if you can get the help from other people, do it. I think there's a lot of people out there that are very mistaken. And they talk about, well, you've got to be a loner. You can't trust anybody. You've got to be prepared to be able to live indefinitely on your own. You need to be a good outdoorsman so you can go out there in the wilderness and survive for months and months on end by yourself. Well, first of all, I think that's very unrealistic. I don't think that that's going to actually pan out for you because someone will eventually find you. And you can't do everything by yourself. You can't prep for everything 
by yourself. You got to have a prepper team. And by the way, Glenn's book, uh, book number five, called The Visitors, that's available. I'm quoted on the front cover of that book. How cool is that? And you can buy that from my recommended books page at todayssurvival.com. You can click that. I have a link. I have an Amazon link. Buy that from my recommended books page. I've read the first three books. I'm beginning book number four. It's going to be a ten-book series. Good stuff. So, Glenn, here's a shout-out to you. I know he listens to this show, too. Congratulations on the fabulous success of your book. It's a good book, and it's an easy read. But I really think that you got to build that prepper team and have that sphere of influence ready to go and call upon them. So put that on your list, on your survival list. Now, how about a vehicle? Is your vehicle well-maintained? Whatever you use as a bug-out vehicle, is it well-maintained? I think one of the worst things that could happen is if you designate a vehicle as a, as a bug-out vehicle and then you're not maintaining it very well. And then when you need it the most, when you've got to get out of town, when it, when it really matters, and it doesn't run right. Okay, well that's counterproductive and that's going to you know, cause a whole nother set of problems, won't it? So keep your vehicles in good shape. And again, this is the, this is the reason for proper budgeting. Prepping is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of life. Most people cannot effectively prep unless they change their life, unless they become more responsible with their money. And you know what? How do you get more money? It's very easy. I have a simple solution to getting more money. It's, and it works every single time. You ready for this? Spend less than you make. That's it. There you go. Spend less than you make. Do whatever you have to do. Cut things out of your life. Cut back your lifestyle. Whatever you have to do to spend less than you make. Than you make. And it could be developing an alternative source of income and spending less. You might do both. You might increase your income if you can and spend less. Then you'll have the money to prep. But you see, that requires a change in lifestyle. That requires a change in lifestyle. But you can do it. Anybody can do it. Had my wife and I not done that over the past 8 to 10 years, we'd be in a huge world of hurt. There's a lot of health care that I'm going to have to pay for out of our own pockets that she's going to require. We've got a healthy savings account that can help pay for some of that. Not all of it, but it'll help with some of it. And, you know... I'm thinking to myself, what if we didn't have that? What if we weren't responsible enough with our money and didn't have that? That happens to a lot of people. Folks, the stink has hit the fan for me. I'm now living it. I'm living a stink hit the fan event. I got a wife with a terminal illness that's going to require a tremendous amount of health care. And I got to tell you, that, that alone right there that's a crap hit the a fan event for almost any family. So that's why I say this is a common sense approach. A lot of people think, well, you survivalists, you're just a bunch of nutbags and you're preparing for end of the world. No, we're not. We're preparing for life. Things like this where a family member becomes severely ill or suddenly dies. That, my friends, is definitely a crap hit the van of a crap hit the fan event, is it not? That'll change your life. That'll rock your life. And if you're not ready for it, it's going to be tough. 
So make sure you also, getting back to vehicles, make sure you got a well-maintained vehicle. That should be on your list. And I know that sounds simple. I know that sounds elementary, right? You're thinking, well, Bob, everybody knows to maintain their vehicles. You know, there's a lot of people who don't. They don't maintain their vehicles very well. And when they need it, it just doesn't work very well. So, think about that. Now, another thing to put on your survival list. Again, this is a list of things you're going to do or or accumulate. Have you taken an inventory of everything you have? I've mentioned that a couple times, but let this serve as a good reminder. Taking an inventory of what you have does a bunch of things. Number one, a lot of a lot of you might not know really what you do have. Because you got some stuff that you haven't touched in a year or two or several. Get rid of that stuff and create room for stuff that you're going to use, like food storage and water storage and fuel storage and things like that. But making an inventory also gives you something that you can easily give to an insurance company if you have to file a claim. Taking pictures and videos of what you have is a very good idea. And storing that information, storing those pictures and store those videos on a separate hard drive from your computer, for example. You know, there's a lot of benefits in taking an inventory. It also tells you what you got so you know what to have or when to have a garage sale and what to sell in a garage sale. So you can raise money for your emergency fund. So put that on your list. Take an inventory of what you already possess. Matter of fact, that might be your starting point right there. If you're wondering, how do I get started prepping? Do that. Put that number one on your list. Take an inventory of what you got. Keep track of it. Don't forget communications. Put that on your list, too. Uh, Several times on today's survival show, I've had guests talking about ham radios, CB radios, two-way radios. It's important to have good communication tools. Even if you're bugging out with a friend or a family member, a couple of portable CBs so you can talk to each other might be good. Or a couple of handheld radios so you can talk to each other. If you have a handheld ham radio and you're a ham radio operator, well, that's even more secure. But even if it's just a basic two-way radio or if it's a basic handheld CB, You know, maybe you might not need to have a confidential conversation, but you need to be able to talk back and forth. What if cell phone coverage is not very good? Your CB still might work. Your two-way radio, your ham radio, that stuff still might work, even though cell phone coverage is not very good, especially if you're way out in the country. And cell phone service doesn't work very well. You've got to have a way to communicate, at least to your prepper team or your family or the people that happen to be with you maybe in another vehicle or in another spot. So put that on your list, communications, and go back and listen to some of my older shows that I did on communications. And by the way, if you think uh, in terms of communications, if you think that there's somebody else in the car with me, it's not. It's the lady on my GPS. I'm headed out to a business appointment, and I'm talking about survival in between. So it's the lady on my GPS telling me where to go. Now, next I want to talk about gardening. Is that on your list? If you don't have a garden, start a small one. Even if it's a small container garden. Even if all you do is put some small containers on your back porch and grow a few plants, a few things, tomatoes or beans or something that's going to produce some stuff. Just get in the habit of producing for yourself. That's the key. Getting in the habit of producing for yourself. Storing seeds. A lot of people do that. I don't have any seeds stored. I need to do that. 
But you'll be surprised. Once you start making a list, it grows. See, I'm growing my list. I got to get into seed storage. I got to get into reloading ammunition. All that stuff. So it starts to grow, but that's okay. You got to start somewhere, and I'm talking about how to put some of the basics on your list right now so you can start growing it. Now, don't forget about education. Put that on your list. What are you doing to educate yourself? Turn off the radio, the music, turn off the TV. How are you educating your mind? I believe your mind's the greatest asset you have. Your mind is going to help you survive probably more than any supply that you have. How are you educating your mind? Are you listening to podcasts like this? Well, obviously, if you're hearing this right now, yes, listen to other podcasts. There's other really good podcasts out there. Most people who do a podcast take enough time to research to at least give you a couple of really good ideas out of every show. And that's what you want to look for. You may not agree with everything that the host says. You might not agree with everything I say. That's okay. I don't want you to. But hopefully I give you one or two good ideas that you can use right away. And that's what you want when you listen to a podcast or read a book or watch a video or watch a YouTube video and things like that. That's where I would start focusing your mind if I were you. So put education on your list. And how about fitness? Don't neglect fitness. That's such a huge prep. I mean, you know, even just three days a week. And and what reminded me of that is I'm driving by my health club right about now as we speak. And so I'm going to go home because actually, uh, you don't know it, but I paused a little bit, went to my business appointment and started podcasting again and now I'm almost home and I just saw my health club so it means I got to get down there and go work out because it's been a few days even if you're going three days a week three days a week for 20 minutes get your get your heart rate up for 20 minutes a huge benefit in that if you have a job or, or if you have some kind of method of employment that lets you get that physical exercise at your job well that's good but don't be sedentary don't just sit there And here's why, because you have to be in reasonably good shape. If the crap does hit the fan and you got to start fixing things or hauling things or building structures, building shelters, things like that, are you physically fit? Are you physically fit enough to pull that off? The last thing that you want to happen is you don't have any way of, you don't physically have the energy. To do what you got to do. The crap has hit the fan. And you're out of energy. That's in a bad situation. So if you keep yourself in shape. And keep yourself in shape. Now. You are going to be able to mitigate that problem. So put that on your list as well. And last but certainly not least. And I'm sure there's more. But this is a basic list. Don't forget about your children. Do you have a way to entertain and educate your children. If the, if the crap hits the fan. If they can't go to school for a while. Do you have a way to educate them. Even if it's just good quality books or good quality computer material that they can use or, or view or read. Things like that. And can you entertain them? Especially if you have young kids. And do you have supplies for the young kids? If you have babies, do you have extra diapers? Extra diapers and extra formula stored. Okay, Think about all that stuff. So, with all that said, folks, it's a relatively short podcast, but... I had a couple of requests on how to start 
prepping. And so I thought, why don't I just do a podcast on how to build a basic survival list? And so that's what I did here, and that's what my goal was. And you might have some more suggestions. So as usual, I'm going to start a thread on the forum. And if you're not a member of our forum, consider joining today's Survival Show Forum. All you have to do is go to www.todayssurvival.com, click the forum button, and sign up. Now, if you do that, would you do me a favor? Would you please email me, bob at todayssurvival.com? There's two S's in that, by the way, bob at todayssurvival.com. Email me and tell me you signed up for the forum and give me your username so I can get you approved. I have to approve all the signups. It's the best way that I keep spammers off the forum. And... Uh, the group is a small one, but it's a good group of listeners who listen to this show, and it's obviously free to join, and a lot of good information being shared. So sign up for our forum. That's another good educational source. Remember I put education on, on the list? Well, our forum is a good educational outlet for you to read. But send me that email. Send it to bob at todayssurvival.com and give me your username. With all that said, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Today's Survival Show. I'm Bob Main. I'm your host. It's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Build that survival list, have fun, and get to work on it. Thanks for listening, folks. I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.